Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Thanks for joining us on this special Latin American Straight Talk series, featuring top ELA lawyers spanning the region from Mexico to Argentina, from Chile to Costa Rica, and all the countries in between. On the program, our guests are going to cover some of the most important labor and employment topics facing their jurisdictions today. So if your company's doing business in Latin America, be sure to listen in to the full series and get the whole picture. Joining us today on Latin American Straight Talk is Juan Carlos de la Vega, a partner at Santa Maria Esteta in Mexico. Thank you very much, Pete. Hello, everybody. It is nice to be here at Macking, another ELA event. In Mexico, we have had several highly important labor and employment legal developments through the last 12 months. They're very important to consider if you have businesses or interests in Mexico. The purpose of this presentation is just to give you a very high overview of, of the main developments. Certainly, the, the first and, and, and most important development which radically changed the way we do business in the country are the new rules on, on subcontracting. They, in a practical perspective, actually mean the elimination of outsourcing and insourcing. So basically, under our new rules, it is forbidden to provide personnel, uh, which means that companies like Manpower, ADECO, or, or similar lost an important piece of business. Nevertheless, it is allowed the providing of specialized services to the extent that those services are not related to the beneficiary's main economic activity or corporate purpose. So basically, that translates in the fact that companies in Mexico cannot outsource their core business. It is important to mention, though, that this specialized service providers, which are allowed, first, they should truly be specialized, which means that there has to be a value added uh, being provided to the service. And it is not only an issue of rewriting your services agreements with your third party, but it's actually confirming that the service provider is an expert in the field. And they have to register themselves with a new list of specialized service providers, which is called uh, REPSE. That's the acronym that we use and it's very well identified in Mexico. REPSE. The, the changes in the law. On, on the one side that I explained, referred to prohibition of outsourcing. But we also used to have insourcing. For those of you familiar with Mexican topics, insourcing is this corporate structure that we used to put together to organize businesses as means to be able to administer uh, the profit sharing. The profit sharing is a mandatory benefit that we all employers shall provide to its employees in Mexico equal to 10% of the pre-tax profits. So because we used to have these two companies, one being the company uh, hiring employees and the employees were participating only on the profits of the service entity. So that's forbidden now as well. And as a consequence, we had to transfer all employees that were hired through services companies to the operating companies where truly the business is actually being run. And that translates in the fact that companies will now really have to pay a profit sharing among employees. Again, 
of the pre-tax profits. The good news, though, is that the, the profits are capped in, in the way they are being distributed up to an amount equal to three months of salary. That was an important piece that was negotiated by employers associations when they were in their dealings with the federal government to make the new rules. The unfulfillment of any rules on subcontracting or the simulation of outsourcing were, uh, as a sub, was, a, was a valid subcontract to bring important penalties. And they come from high fines from our labor authorities up to tax implications. You wouldn't be able to deduct invoices that refer to payments that are not authorized under this scheme, and you won't be able to credit VAT, the VAT. And also you could be penalized under our social security regulations. And in the worst case scenario, depending on the amount of, let's say, fraudulent activity, you could go up to criminal liability and even sometimes being deemed as organized crime. So they are labor authorities and, and tax authorities are taking this new law really, really seriously. And, and the new provisions are in force just since last uh, September the 1st. So that's the, the, the first development. The second uh, important development is, is, and this is huge also about the Mexican labor reform on union matters, which derives from the new commitments that Mexico assumed out of the USMCA, the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement, where Mexico was imposed or accepted a number of new principles when we do collective bargaining. And that's full respect of freedom of association, full respect of collective bargaining and union democracy transparency at the inside of the labor organizations and everything through secret ballot. Employees now vote secretly in many of the most important decisions at the company. So for us in Mexico, transitioning from the old system to the new system has definitely been a challenge. We had a, system, a political labor system that kind of work well for obtaining employment and stability in the country. And when we transition into the new system where people actually vote and has a right to uh, opine or to decide, then it's becoming troublesome and it's creating uh, problems and conflicts in many industries. One of the uh, procedures that was implemented to enforce the respect of all these principles is, is an international one, which you probably heard of, which is called the rapid response mechanism out of the USMCA. There are in Mexico, there's been just two so far. One, uh, both filed in the United States with the United States Trade Representative involving uh, General Motors of Mexico in the Silao plant. And the other one is uh, another plant north for a company called Tridonex. We are lawyers for General Motors. We are their labor lawyers, so we've been fully involved in that particular case. And the lessons learned from there are, are very, very important. Part of this labor reform also, we are moving to our judicial system for dispute resolutions in labor matters. Before that, we, we, kept, we had jurisdictional bodies. With, they were not courts. They were part of the uh, executive power. Now we're transitioning into the judicial. 
And it's pretty much at this point, it's like uh, uh, 30% of the country in, under the new regime. Whereas in just in, in October the 1st, we will have two thirds of the country pretty much uh, with the new rules. So things are changing a lot. So you'll hear a lot of new concepts, uh, the legitimation of collective bargaining agreements where a company has to vote in a secret way, yes or no, to its CBA. So that's that's uh, a challenge that all companies with agreements are facing. And, and certainly the, the highest challenge reflects to the vote that people has to produce to validate a union, the, the, the agreement deriving from a union negotiation. So if people, the majority of people says no to the terms and conditions of, of the negotiated agreement, then you will have to renegotiate those bases. And, and the last and also important development relates to telework. As many in many other countries in the world, we realized when COVID hit us hard that we didn't have the right rules for regulating work at home. Mexico introduced pretty robust regulation on the subject, which basically, if, if you render your services 40% or more out of home or whatever, any other place other than the office, then the new the new regulations on telework will apply. And, and that imposes employers with a number of additional requirements, providing equipment to the people, like computers, chairs, trainers, et cetera, and, and, and reimbursement for electricity, internet costs, and a number of other details. But I don't want to take much more of your time. And so I give you a very quick review of what's going on in Mexico. I could speak for hours on this, but I think that's giving you a good idea of where you're standing at. So thank you. Great. Pete. Thanks, Juan Carlos. If you'd like to connect with Juan Carlos de la Vega, please find him in the Find a Lawyer widget on the ELA homepage. Also, be sure to bookmark our website, ela.law, where you can register to gain access to our on-demand library of podcasts and webinars, join upcoming briefings and events, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks for listening.